2: Around the NFL Podcast has
0: traded Greg for a conditional third.
2: From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. Just one hero with me, Mark Sessler. Listen, in our league, you need to make moves in a non-sentimental manner. And we thought at this time, moving away from Greg was the right moment. I think the listeners will ask did we
3: get value because a conditional third for a really uh you know died in the world journo who has done right. a lot of great work on our show I mean what what is a conditional third segment like us? a
2: franchise star uh, and we're just giving him up for a conditional third maybe Reckless. we'll be fired uh yes we're in the, the dead of June quiet period of the NFL so we're going to just Mark and I we're going to take you through everything that's going on uh in the league the scant amount of news uh, we'll open up the mailbag and uh, just have fun. That's all.
3: That's what we do, and it's it comes naturally to us. Oh.
2: What's this? What? Oh my god! Is that... Is that... Is that Kaylon Thibodeau's music?
3: There he is!
2: Good to see you again. Whoa! Look at this. Here he comes. Cave on Thibodeau, the hat trick on around the NFL podcast. Joined us draft night. Come on now. The next week. And now here we are with Warren G, featuring the late, great Nate Dogg, Regulate. This is your walk up music on the show. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well,
4: man. It's been a while. I'm happy to be back. Happy to be in the NFL.
2: I have to ask you a question
3: Do you remember us?
4: I had to ask your name before I walked <laughs> out, but I do remember. <laughs> I do remember.
2: Um, isn't it? It's Mark it, with a C. Yeah. All right. Well, there well it so it is. this is next level. Um, mm-hmm. Won me over, Kayvon. Like in baseball, the players get the walk-up music, and that's cool. I feel like a pass rusher, especially. Yeah. After a sack, there should be a stop down an extended play clock. I know you got you get a celebration, but, but you, you were Warren G like pumps out of the speakers at MetLife Stadium. But That'd be you cool. know
4: we, you know we do get like walk up music. Like third downs, you never hear, you probably don't pay attention, but like when third downs come the music play. That's the music is really loud. That's the whole you know, especially if it's a home game, come on.
2: How much and I I don't know for and we're gonna get into some of this as you begin your rookie journey in the NFL, like how different the college game coming from Oregon is now that you're in our league as it's called, like in college, was that like a big conversation point amongst the defensive players? Like, what's the song we choose? Was there a vote? No, no. Did it come from upstairs? The it, PA it's, guys?
4: It's not really a song. I think it's more of like what the tradition is at the team, right? You know, because Oregon, we had like it was the same song every week, but you knew it was it was the third down song, and is when it, it came on, it was, you were hype.
3: Is it hard to pay attention when like music's blasting and you're attempting to like you know formulate
2: a play call as a group or something?
4: Well, you got to ask offensive players because on defense, most of the time when it's third down, you, you know the mission, right? Yeah.
2: I hear that. So where are we at, Kayvon? So we just got through the spring uh, OTAs. I do. I should ask you as a, a dogged journo, I, I I should check in on your physical status. You were limited or mm-hmm. didn't crack. Um, you were in a red shirt, yeah. uh, red jersey, working with a trainer on the side. I saw a report out there that it was a, a hip issue. Where are we at health wise? Anything to be concerned oh, about?
4: No, I'm 100 percent fine now. I think, you know, I did tweak my hip at a point, my hip flexor, you know, during um, OTAs. But after a couple weeks rest, you know, I'm back. I'm training full and I'm ready to get back for training camp.
2: I like it. That's good. So you got it here first. And if you write your little blurbs, wherever you write your blurbs, you cite around the NFL. Oh, that's the it, source. There for, will be sharp or, consequences or, or, if or you just, don't.
4: Or just cite Kayvon Thibodeau, either <laughs> one. <laughs>
2: that's true. <laughs> well, that's fair. Um, So I was thinking, Kayvon, we were thinking about like, as you begin this journey, we're much older than you. Grossly so. You were born in the 2000s, I imagine?
4: Yeah, 2000, exactly.
3: Mm.
2: I mean, wow. I'm twice your age plus a few years. That's concerning. Right.
4: Uh, yeah, you guys are on the way out.
3: On the
2: way out. It's <laughs> no longer our world. Uh, but we have seen a thing or two. So I thought it'd be good to have a conversation. We call this segment with Kayvon Thibodeau the third time on the Around the NFL podcast, Know Your League. OK, we know the NFL. We've covered it. This podcast has been going on since 2013. Kayvon hadn't even had his bar mitzvah yet at that point. He was mm-hmm. a young 13 year old boy. Um, but now
4: still haven't had
2: one. <laughs> All right. Still waiting still, on still that. Still waiting. Yeah. So let's go over a couple of things. Just curious if you know about it, if this is something you've already come across. Let's start with the idea of now hazing is a bit of a dirty word now. Uh, In the NFL, we had, of course, the Richie Incognito scandal with Jonathan Martin years ago, Uh, but it still goes on. And one thing that really stands out, Kayvon, I wanted to ask you about this. There was was a podcast fellow New York first round pick Garrett Wilson, wide receiver of the Jets, was on another podcast, probably inferior to this one. But I'm sure good if they got Garrett Um, and they talked about uh, rookies having to pay for dinners. Fred Taylor, former great running back of the Jaguars and other teams, uh, said to Garrett Wilson, you know, they're going to run that bill up to like $75,000 that rookies have to pay for meals rookie year. And Wilson said he didn't buy it. Ryan Clark, another great former player said, you're the 10th pick of the draft. They know you got, they got the money. Channing Crowder then said, he thinks it's his decision. Are you concerned that you're going to be hit? With that,
4: No, I'm not concerned. You know, I'm a guy who I'll definitely take care of my guys in D-line room. But as far as doing things that I don't want to do, I've never done it. I've always been a leader, not a follower. So we we set new standards.
2: All right. So let me let me give you a hypothetical from that same interview. Fred Taylor later in his career played with the Patriots briefly, and he said, Tom, Tom Brady would come in there and buy three, four, five thousand dollar bottle of wine, take a sip and say good night. What if it's now we know there's no Tom Brady figure involved with the Giants right now, at least not yet? I mean,
4: even if there was, I don't think I'd stand up. Tom Brady wouldn't take a sip and (laughs) walk out on me. (laughs) He'd be there, he'd be there the whole night. Uh, And if he did walk out, I'd finish that bottle of wine.
2: (laughs) What do you think about this? Uh, uh, Years ago, Ryan Leaf, uh, Chargers quarterback, he was the second round pick the year Peyton Manning came into the league. He had to pick up a tab. He told management about it, and then Junior Seau wiped him out following an interception in practice. Like, is there this code behind the scenes that you would then have to worry about if you were to turn down such a uh, demand from your teammates?
4: Um, I mean, I guess it just depends on who you are. Um, I feel like I've gained a lot of respect from the guys around me, and I show respect to a lot of guys around me. So I don't think I'd ever have to worry about my physical health. But then again, I also wouldn't do anything that I wouldn't want to do. So. Peer no. pressure is not a thing for me.
3: I've got one for you. Uh, you know, you remember Tim Tebow, obviously back when he was a rookie with the Broncos, and for our audio listeners, we're gonna show a picture here. We well, can get the, that up on the, the screen. He's watching
2: on the video, yeah. Uh right, so there. this
3: was this is if you this was the haircut they gave Tim Tebow, and I, I guess I would describe it as um they shaved around uh you know, they shaved the top of his head so he looks sort of like a friar from the Middle Ages. Uh would you accept that? Uh, haircut if, uh, if uh... I think I know the answer based on the first question but yeah, let's that's right. true yeah, well, that's... how would you if, if a veteran said this is this is part of your rite of passage how would you deal with that uh, demand
4: I would come through a different door I would need to go through that door it's <laughs> an some absurd said, looking haircut yeah you know there's there's things as, uh, for me I, I show a lot of respect to doing extra work so if they say you're a rookie you gotta run five more you're a rookie you gotta show up earlier you're a rookie you gotta you know carry some pads or something like that that's respect but as far as like yeah, yeah.
2: This team, I, was, I think you might look good with that haircut, though. I'm just saying you, you get it first, and I'll just follow you. We'll, just, we'll <laughs> no. do it together. All right, let's go over some fan bases. Again, this is Know Your League. We've been around the block. It's born in 1980, <laughs> 40s. So we, you know, there are negatives, but there are some positives. We know about these fan bases on a deep level. So we'll start with these. And tell me if you are aware of this or how plugged in you are. as a new uh, As a new face of the New York Giants, some heads up. The Patriots fans, they're very sensitive about the New York Giants because of 42 and 47, the two Super Bowls, or 46, sure, was it? Sure. Um, just something, if you didn't know, to be aware of, if you wanted to ever drop that in, pepper that in next time you guys have a matchup. For sure. He's, <laughs> he's factored it in. How about Eagles fans? You know about the Eagles fans?
4: They're fans of the Eagles.
2: Red eyes, small hands, known to bite true story very moody very moody fan base you
4: guys listen to the fans
2: do we we are i mean we are in some level oh you guys are the fan I I get it
4: now you guys are the liaison (laughs) liaison. now it's making sense i'm like yeah you know i I could care less right
2: like they hate eagles fans hate when you bring up the fact that they once pelted santa claus with snowballs
4: (sighs) you know you know how much you could really set a a fan base off how you just whoop them you just beat them (laughs) That's it. You win the game, there's, none, there's really nothing that's else to talk about. So. I like to go in the stadiums, and I like them for to be quiet. I like graveyards. You know? When you go to graveyards, you get a peace of mind. So right. When go, they're
2: leaving midway through the fourth quarter, <sighs> oh, man, that's the good stuff.
4: Me, I tell them to come back. It's not over. Come back. Come back. Don't leave
2: yet. Take more punishment. The
4: show has just begun.
2: Do you know that uh, Bills fans, when you play the – I don't know, the Bills on the schedule of the Giants this year, I don't know, but eventually they will be. Bills fans will want you to know that they're the only team – technically the place in New York. They're wow. going to try to give that to you as like a zinger. Wow. Does that bother you at all?
4: I hope you didn't come up with that one.
2: No, nah, no. Listen, I'm a Jets that, fan. Right. Like they, they try to bring that at me. Right. I got,
4: I got to get some old school fans that say more hurtful stuff or something. That's, that's like, oh man,
2: you said, you said something cave uh, on the first time we ever spoke. You said one of your goals when you have conversations with people, you know, something like this, you want that. You want to leave having made a, an impression and 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 make people feel like they know you yeah, or know yeah, what yeah. you're about. Yep, yep. I'd like you to, if you could, try to know what Mark's about by the end of this brief conversation we're having. And if you're okay, Mark had just a couple of questions for you. Okay. That well, I haven't seen yet. I don't know anything about. Right. Sure.
3: I I would ask you this because you know you the New York Giants, um, from an Earth angle. Historical angle, going way back. Do you believe that actual giants roamed the earth?
4: Um,
2: that's a good question.
4: That's a great question. Um, I mean, uh, fact or fiction? I mean, that's a you know, uh, it's possible. Nothing's nothing's impossible.
2: Physical giant? Well, how tall are we talking? 50 I mean, think you I think you're. I think you're, you're talking there's actually probably a, like a
4: story. There's actually a story in the Bible that talks about that. So I couldn't. Right. I couldn't say that it's not. Hey.
3: They're mentioned. They're mentioned. They're they mentioned. I'm talking like 16, 17 feet tall, but yeah. very just a different, you know, species. So of there's this there's human.
4: this crazy thing I watch. It's like the mountains. They're like mountain ranges and different like crazy things that are like these, like you say, these giants were too big to be buried. So they've basically what encrusted into the mountain ranges. So like you could if there's a video you could look up where it's like mountains are shaped like humans or shaped like some type of figure. So well, uh, it's possible.
3: I think it is the earth is very weird uh how about this um you know you've just gotten to know brian table your your new coach uh would you it, just instinctually do you think he's more of a front spoon or a back spoon when he is spooning someone
4: i don't I, I answer yeah, those type of questions yeah, that was, that's
3: a tough one that's I, don't, a, I think that was all right forget that on one next uh, all right let's uh, see how about this um dan wait, and mark before uh,
4: you before you yeah. go Let's not ask any more personal questions about any other men. I mean, yeah. let's just.
3: Well, let's, how about if I t- ask a question about the two of us? Uh, Does it know. involve spooning? No, no. It's like, let's, let's say Dan and I were to appear in front of you in wrestling tights and attempt to wrestle you. Could you. Could Around you beat the
4: NFL. Us both? So, what, what's the newest thing that's going on in the NFL? <laughs> Anything? <laughs> all
2: right, good pivot. <laughs> well, oh, you that. know what? The, the answer is nothing. It's June 27th right now. Um, but. You know, that's all good. So we're going to hear Let's wrap it up. This is where we're at. You ready? Any other questions you had? I, I think
3: I'm going to yeah. pass on my other questions at this point. it's <laughs> like,
2: this is, so we're going to be New ready deals. for training. I, I heard
4: you guys are up for uh, extensions. How's that going? You guys been negotiating? Look at that. Yeah, we, know, we were in uh,
2: negotiations. We got the deal done. Okay, you okay. signed your rookie deal as well, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, but I'm worried about yours. I heard you guys are you guys getting some big money coming up. You guys have been doing doing numbers and around the NFL.
2: <laughs> I'm beginning to be worried too. We're, we're doing. Yeah, we did. We did. I think we got a deal. I don't think it's in the territory of. A top there's, ten pick in the NFL, but
4: but there's gossip that they here. can only keep one of you. So my question is, <laughs> where's like you know, are you guys both going to leave, or is somebody just going to well, take the pop? Well, we
2: typically have a third, and, and we've kicked him off. Yeah, the he's show, gone. So we're yeah. so it's a process of elimination. By the end of today's episode, we're we're going to have some a shadowy league figure from upstairs come and make a decision.
4: Yeah, I don't think you'll actually see him. I think he's just you know,
2: oh, it'll be phantom. Right, it's like the yeah. Joe Pesci and Goodfellas. When
4: you get back to your office, I think you'll just have you won't see your name tag anymore. It'll just <laughs> it'll be blank, and you'll know.
2: Right, you know Kayvon. more than we do. Thank you, buddy, for coming on. We appreciate it. What else you got going on the rest of the summer during your break here?
4: Uh, just training. You know, meeting with a lot of different people. You know, making sure that I'm ready to go back, being in you know full health and full shape. Um, but yeah, enjoying the Cali sun till I get back, and got to enjoy that that real New York heat. You oh know, yeah, I've you heard about humidity. it.
2: It's the humidity that gets yeah. you as a native New Yorker. I can say that. Uh, Kavon, thank you, buddy, and uh, good luck. Can't wait to watch you ball.
4: Yeah, but you know. Those are you. You're very insightful. I just think you know, personal information it shouldn't be aired. You
2: know? know. Yeah, the the spoon stuff with his head coach. That's. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I,
3: uh, I, uh, I point uh, taken. It's just get, a question get that the I cardboard
2: was, box out for you after that time. I was question. just I know, simply curious
3: about that on my own. But I but I understand why you would not want to answer that.
4: So. You know. Yeah, I think that's fair. You. I think you only got like two more shakies and. <laughs> You might be on a different podcast. So.
2: <laughs> Two more shakies for Mark Sessler. All right, Kayvon, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Well, all right, Mark. Um, we were making the quest towards friendship with Kayvon Thibodeau. Where do you think we stand after that conversation?
3: Uh, I think we got friend zoned to some degree, and not in the way that we were uh, angling for. Um, you know, we, our, sh- our show has a certain flavor to it. And uh, I thought we pursued that flavor to some degree. Um, I don't. Th- well, I would not call that a home run out of the park in terms of uh, his <laughs> enjoyment of the of the event.
2: Uh, it was it was fine. I thought overall. I, I did. I knew we were in for an interesting uh, fifteen minutes. When before we started, Kayvon you know, he's curious what we were going to be talking about, and then he looked. At your computer screen, and I was like, Oh my goodness, right? If he sees the madness of a Mark Sessler question before we start, and sure enough, uh, you know, he wasn't into all the questions I would say that came out of the mind of Mark Sessler.
3: Is it so wrong that I actually, when I think of certain individuals like a Brian Dayball. There are moments, I'm sure, with his significant other or or whoever. It's it's fine with anyone. uh, that he has spooned, and I'm curious as to which position uh he would prefer. Right. Not every man is a is a backspoon. I would
2: just I would just I would say maybe there is a teachable moment in there. Like, I I imagine there is in an ongoing quest <laughs> to be a a great interviewer and la a Barbara Walters with the soft focused in '88 that type of situation that maybe. A lot of these guys don't want to talk about like spooning and the head coach, especially rookies coming into the league. That you know, that makes perfect sense. I, there.
3: I was out of place potentially, and I, I think the follow-up asking about you and I in tights taking him on in a grappling match probably was not the, the, the direction to go in. Either. Gravedigger,
2: how do you how do you think that went? One out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> mm, three. Excuse me, Gravedigger.
5: Gravedigger. Three. Three, three. out of ten. Okay. Well, we got some good stuff about. About paying for dinner or whatever. Sure. Yeah, real nugget. All right. Well, we survived, I think. So far.
2: So far.
3: It put us ill at ease. I think that you and I had couple I shared a couple looks during the whole process. I, you know, it's like can someone right. come out of the wilderness and shoot me now?
2: Yeah, we're not. <laughs> we're we're gonna be all right. And uh, we still, I'm not giving up on the quest to be friends with uh, Kayvon. I think uh, we took a step back. I would say though. You know,
3: friendship has those ebb and flow moments. And so, uh, you know, we have to be resilient um, and seek his friendship in potentially a different way.
2: All right, let's let's hit a break and then do the news.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
6: And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
5: But you do I'll, want to be our friends, I right? don't. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, let's get into it. <laughs> let's. Hey, Mark Sessler, Miark. Let's spin. Okay, I spin don't like forward. that approach. That's that. But yes, we shall. That's not a bad podcast idea. Spin forward with Miark Sessler.
3: I don't like the. I don't like the the, the way it's, it's being said with Miark Here we go. <laughs> get like 68 tweets about that over the next 72 hours
2: let's start as we must in this year 2022 deshaun watson uh let's check in on his situation we'll start with the reporting that came out over the weekend the wall street journal's andrew beaton reports that the nfl will push for a indefinite suspension that would last no shorter than one year for watson Um, who has been taking part in the Browns offseason program. I think Cleveland brass, which in general is laying low with this Mark and hoping uh, you can imagine and assume that they're going to have Watson in some form on the field this season. But according to this reporting, the NFL is making a hard push to keep him off the field for at least one year An indefinite suspension would, uh, potentially take him off the field for more than the 2022 season. And of course he missed all of 2021 uh, when everything was unfurling around him, the legal situation. And then we also got an update um, about the lawsuit and the ongoing litigation involving the Watts, uh, involving Watson. the Houston Texans were formally named as defendants on Monday and the ongoing civil litigation involving their former quarterback, uh, this from uh, Tony Busby the Houston attorney who at one time represented 25 different women with lawsuits against Watson. Many of them have been settled now, but there are still uh, ongoing lawsuits. Today, we filed the first case of what will likely be many against the Houston Texans related to to Deshaun Watson's behavior, Busby said.
3: Right. And that, you know, there are details inside the lawsuit against the Texans um, that I that I particularly this one I find disturbing. Uh, the, the Cleveland Browns kept saying over and over, we, we're confident with the homework that we did before we engaged with Deshaun Watson and made him the, 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 the richest player in the entire league. But there's a quote inside this lawsuit that says, despite claims that it did extensive due diligence, not one question was asked by Watson's new employer, the Browns of the victims about Watson's alleged behavior. No effort was made to obtain the police file or speak to the investigating officers. It's a terrible look for the Cleveland Browns because everything they've told us, not a surprise, sounds like an utter lie at this point. And they're in a disastrous situation if Watson is suspended for a year plus. he's going to His hearing will take place in front of Sue L. Robinson. It's going to be a little bit different than some of these uh, hearings in the past where it would be Goodell's decision alone. And, I mean, it's notable that the NFLPA is going to defend Watson to some degree from a spe- any suspension it deems inappropriate or excessive. So he's, there is this, another side to this, but I. it just feels to me like the NFL and all the reporting suggests are pushing to get him out of the mix for this entire season and completely reset the board for next year, and it could be longer than that too. And I think that's a, if the, the, all we know about this case. It should be a
2: year-long suspension, in my opinion. And the process um, has obviously kind of drawn, uh, dragged out Over the course of 2022, you remember there was a report last month that the NFL wanted to have uh, this situation figured out in terms of potential suspension in June. And here we are now in very late June. So we'll see what comes out of this um, meeting uh, with this hearing with Sue L. Robinson. So uh, the Watson situation ongoing. We'll see what happens next in other news. God, the Browns got themselves in a whole heap of mess with this thing. What a
3: mess. I mean, it's like, you know, if you you think where they were last offseason, where they had come off a playoff victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers, you thought that you were getting the better version of Baker Mayfield, you were the coach of the year, and I think that coach of the year, Kevin Stefanski, quietly has to be absolutely incensed with what's gone down here because he's been put up in a terrible position. Jacoby Brissett potentially could be starting 17 games for a team that looks like they'll be the
2: worst team in the AFC North, That that's the case. Hmm. Uh, in other news, Pro Football Talk's Mike Florio reports that Saints running back Alvin Kamara is bracing for a suspension of at least six games. You will remember that Kamara um, is facing felony battery charges for allegedly throwing punches um, at an incident in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll see what this means for the Saints. But I think this is something that um, caught me a little bit by surprise. I remember when the news came out and there was some video uh, taped, uh evidence of uh, what had happened, um, and now here we are in a situation where you can miss a substantial part of the season. For a Saints team that, depending how you look at them, you could see them as a real NFC uh, player losing your best player for that amount of time potentially. Even if it got appealed down to four games, that's substantial.
3: Yeah, and I think part of it is the timing of it, because Florio noted that you know the, the NFL may wait until the legal process on this one plays out, but maybe it could be later in the season. But I think you know in that offense, which has obviously improved its wide receiver group, but you, you, Jameis Winston, uh, you know, if you, it depends what version of Jameis Winston you get. But losing Kamara is not unlike losing a Christian McCaffrey in Carolina. I mean, he's that important to him. And I think it's probably also taking uh, fantasy heads and having their heads explode because I don't know what's going to happen with him.
2: Yeah, no, that's a good call. Hey, look at you with the fantasy analysis there, Mark. That's a great
3: point, I am Mark. zoned in on when they're agitated about things.
2: Yeah, he, it makes him either somebody that you, you're going to drop, take off your board entirely. Yeah, it's all over the map, but we need to see where that. is. I'd stash this, him. You'd stash him?
3: Well, it depends what kind of draft you're in. If people are scared off him, you grab him at a, at a value zone,
2: and then he's only out for four games, four to six games. Could be
3: two games. Well, that's okay. a
0: great point, Mark. Thank you.
2: All right, time for news and notes presented by Upwork, where you can build the team that will build your business. Learn more at Upwork.com. This is just kind of moving the timeline of the story along, so I'll just pass it along here, Mark, and interested in your thoughts. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, his timetable for throwing remains on schedule after offseason shoulder surgery, that from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. The expectation has been that Garoppolo had the right Shoulder surgery in March will throw over the next few weeks after he's been cleared. And that plan remains in place. So it's kind of a story, non-story update, non-update, but I, I imagine there are certain people, Jimmy Garoppolo and his agent, uh, for starters, the Niners are probably cool with this, getting this information out here. Hey, he's okay. Everything's on schedule. He's He's ready to start throwing. He'll be your quarterback. If you want him in September. And
3: yet, There's zero whisper at all about there being a market for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think it's a problematic scenario. I mean, you'd have to look at, like, in theory, the Panthers uh, could be interested, but there's a Baker Mayfield situation. You're not trading them to the Seattle Seahawks. And so what team out there wants to sign Jimmy Garoppolo for 26 or 24-plus million, but then you have him come in maybe five or six weeks before before you're playing actual regular season games? In acclimating him as a starting quarterback, it feels like a tough sell. Would
2: you, so you rule out any chance that they would deal within the division?
3: I don't rule it out, depending on what they could get in return.
2: Um, right, because I feel like that would take precedence if they could get the best deal from Seattle. Not to say that this is something; it probably isn't re- reality. They don't want to put trade him within the division, but also, I don't get the feeling that Kyle Shanahan is necessarily thinking that is a difference maker, hence why they're looking to trade him in the, in the first place. So maybe that would almost be the best place to trade him uh, when you want to look at, depending on your perspective on this. I mean,
3: I don't, Shanahan seems so loyal to Jimmy G, too. And, like, he's hung around much longer than people thought and, 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 you know, started the entire season last year. And in reverse, I don't sense immense confidence in Trey Lance. It just seems like a little bit of a strange situation. But this is the thing, like, the whole market changes for Baker Mayfield for Jimmy G when we get to camp and eight and two starting quarterbacks have their knees wrecked or something that that's when the trade market goes crazy. And you'd have a situation like when Sam Bradford got moved for like a first rounder yes. because the need suddenly changes that there's no need for Jimmy Garoppolo right now.
2: Trey Lance has worked with the 49ers um, first team offense during the off season while Garoppolo has spent his off season rehabbing here in Southern California. So Niners look like a team ready to move on, but they first need to be able to move their form their current quarterback or starting quarterback. So we'll see where that goes. All right. Finally in the news. All right, Mark, here we are. A little uh the boxing, the the NFL players boxing. Where do you come down on the NFL players boxing? I mean UFC I... boxing, whatever it is.
3: I've never made the effort to go watch one of these fights. I think that's indicative of my
2: interest. Okay, fair enough. Well, I'm just going to pass this one along as well then, bud, that there's a uh, matchup in the works between two of the great running backs of the past you know, 20 years, or at least at uh, certain points in their career, Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell squaring off. Who do you got? I'll tell you who I got. Adrian Peterson. You ever shake hands with that man? No, his his hands. NFL honors. It was the year you stepped on um, Ryan Tannehill's wife's purse. Uh, and, Lauren Tannehill's yeah, white, Lauren. like le- white leather purse, and heard something crack. And you smash definitely heard something in. crack, yeah. and we just kind of shuffled away uh, quietly. Sorry, grave digger. Uh, he was on the Dolphins at the time. If it makes you feel better, um, I shook his hand and he nearly uh, broke my, every bone I have in my right hand. So I imagine he's a freight train when you put the gloves on and Le'Veon Bell you know I don't have me- much feelings positive uh, on his athletic ability whether whatever the sport at this point
3: yeah I'd put my my lease car and our rental home um, <laughs> up for bid on the fact that Adrian Peterson takes this I mean who do you trust that Le'Veon Bell is uh, even training adequately based on just the, 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 the in Le'Veon Bell experience of the past know. couple
2: of years I don't know what he's up and to. and you know Adrian Peterson's ready that guy would love to get back in the league, uh, but uh, he did not. Did he play last season all day? Did he he played. La- oh, right. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> he, Titans and Seahawks. He
5: had a few. He had a couple weeks. He he scored a touchdown against the Rams at SoFi Stadium. What a moment. And there was a whole news story about Adrian's handshake when the Titans signed him. So I think that it was like a thing that he had. On. You're with yeah. us that he would take this this bounce. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And that was news and notes presented by Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Learn more at Upwork.com. That's what's
0: happening in the news. We'll be right back. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,
6: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All
2: right, buddy. Uh, mailbag. When in doubt, just go break glass <laughs> and get the listeners uh, involved with the program. And I'll, I, and I'll just be completely honest, Mark. Sometimes I send out the bat signal for the mailbag, and I don't get what I'm looking for. This time, the listeners stepped up. Some good questions, and I'm going to share them right now here on around the NFL.
3: Good job by them. I do agree. There have been times when the mailbag had very little to offer. I hope this is different.
2: All right, let's hit it.
5: You've got mail.
2: Wasn't it so great when you would, for you know, people who came of age in the '90s, when you heard the you got mail." I was like, oh yes, oh, you're interaction. It, it, oh, it's someone it, wants to connect with me.
3: It, it would it would um, speed up your pulse. It's not unlike when you're you know writing people online today, and you can see that they're like typing, mm-hmm. and you know that something's coming, and it's just like this
2: is this is exciting right, for look, me. Let's for grave grave
3: too. I can see the look on his face. Uh, I don't
2: know if he was around for the AOL. Well, era I'm talking about today's technology of the internet. Oh yeah, the dot dot dot. Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially if it's you know a certain individual. Well, I, who, what, who would that be for you? Well, I'm talking about Graver. Oh, I see. Yes.
3: Absolutely. Do you guys communicate online often, Gravedigger? Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah,
5: we text like normal people. Okay. <laughs> Does she you. ever leave you hanging on red? No. R-E-A-D? No. Never. No, we both have red receipts turned off, so I actually wouldn't even know if she did. I like that strategy. Interesting. Do you have yours turned off?
2: Yes. You have your red receipt turned off? Does everybody do that?
5: I like to keep it transparent. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I know Erica talked about this on Split Ends, but she does it to like psychologically manipulate the people she's texting.
3: <laughs>
2: Shocker. <laughs> oh, Ricky Hollywood. I wonder how she's doing. I, I actually
3: her. did uh, text with her a little bit yesterday. Oh yeah, what's up yeah. with Ricky? Uh she seemed to be in good spirits. Great. Yeah. Already miss her. And then she asked me a question that I never responded to, so I'm turning the tables there to wreak psychological havoc with with Ricky Hollywood. That's
2: how you do it. All right, here we go. Let's get into it. Mailbag time. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start right here. Let's see. This is kind of to both of us uh, from Kevin Rogers. Would it be depressing or intriguing for you two to watch Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield battle for the Panthers' QB job given that your Browns and Jets once picked them to lead those teams.
3: Sam Darnold.
2: I would say it's ironic if that's what ends up happening.
3: Yeah, I kind of find it. It would be intriguing, actually. And it's it, it, the journey of those two has already been so depressing that um, it just comes full circle
2: to where they're battling each other. I think that would be one of the more intriguing August uh, plot lines. Sure, and I, you know, a couple things, and I posted it a few months back before the draft. The shot of us at the cozy inn. In Culver City, uh, toasting to a new era of Jets and Browns football on draft night uh, in 2018. Um, kind of sad in retrospect. We were so overconfident. Just such fools and clowns. <sighs> such fools. And then there is the other take, which is a v- deeply unpopular take, both on this podcast and elsewhere. I I still believe on some level that Sam Darnold could thrive or at least be Baker Let- Mayfield Good Baker Mayfield with the Browns proficient in the right setup, and I think Baker could look as bad as Darnold did if he was with the Jets and Panthers. I I still think Darnold could win that debate, as sad as that debate has now become.
3: I appreciate your faith, but I, until proven otherwise, I think of Darnold more as a bottom five quarterback.
2: Well, and I apologize for I feeling listen, that way. It's not my quarterback anymore. Uh, this is a tough one from Mike. Atkins, Mark, what's one NFL storyline this summer no one is talking about but should be headline news? My feeling on this is that that's really not how the NFL works anymore, uh, that everything gets dissected. And I, if there was a story that was a big enough story, it probably has been discussed, but I don't know if anybody has any thought. Is there a, a starting quarterback coming off shoulder surgery outside of Garoppolo or some type of serious rehab that's kind of going under the radar i don't I,
3: i'm with you i feel like we, the, the news cycle is so exhaustive and and we even on this show i think occasionally hit news topics if we're light that really maybe wouldn't make it in a in a busier time um today could be an example of that so i i, I don't think that there's mystery
2: storylines out there that, that that fascinate me anything Graver that jumps to mind for you i think we got it covered basically maybe it's just a kind of a humble brag in a way got it
5: Like, everything that I'm trying to think of, we've at least covered on this show specifically, so I can't even, you know, like, maybe the Bills offensive coordinator situation is a bigger deal than we thought. Like, I just know from personal experience, the Titans changed offensive coordinator. Art Smith went and got the Falcons head coaching job, and everyone in Tennessee was like, oh, we're going to run the same offense, we're promoting from within, so it's going to be fine, and then the offense was a disaster for most of the year. I worry about that for the Bills. But we talked about that, like with Kyle Brandt, we talked about that. So I don't well, like you know, that's a, that's
3: a good point, though, because the, it has been covered because The Athletic just did a huge feature on that. It was, it was last week. But in it, Kevin Gilbride, who talked about the first year that he called plays for the, the Oilers back then, that you know, behind the scenes, he was panicking on a week-to-week basis because he had never called plays at that moment, and he talked about like years later, like your toolbox or your acumen and your ability in a panic situation in a tight two-minute drill to use more of your playbook came naturally. But in that first season, it was a huge mess, and Ken Dorsey has never done this, and and Brian Dable had years and years of experience. So I think that's a fair one.
2: All right, let's move on. Steve Olvera asks if you could change one play in NFL history and create a butterfly effect that would alter the current NFL landscape for all eternity. What play would you change? You know what? This one, it kind of popped into my head pretty quickly. Um, I would go back to, I believe it was January, 1993, maybe January 92. And the Bo Jackson hip injury. He suffered in the playoffs uh, that year with the Oakland Raiders. Um, Bo Jackson to this January 13th, 1991 against the Bengals, uh, in the divisional playoffs suffered a, he was tackled. He kind of was, uh, the tackler grabbed his leg, uh, Bo Jackson lunged and it led to a a terrible hip injury that eventually fractured and dislocated hip. He had to have the hip replaced. It instantly ended his NFL career. He came back eventually, uh, in baseball, the first you know a huge two sports star Bo was, uh, but was never close to the same guy. Uh, and I to this to this point in my life, I still don't think there was a more exciting, electrifying athlete than peak Bo Jackson uh, and what he was able to do in two sports as an all star. Uh, so that injury, as cruel as it was, I think he was twenty six, twenty seven years old. That would be my pick.
3: I remember watching that game? That's a great call. I mean, that's that completely changed. The NFL, because he was one of the most electrifying, uh, jaw-dropping athletes of our time. I'd have to go. I'd be disingenuous if I didn't, and I won't spend a ton of time on this. Ernest Beiner's fumble on January 17th, 1988, in the second AFC championship against the Denver Broncos, where they lost that game 38-33. to They were down 21-3 at half um, in mile high. They had played their worst half of football the entire season and then came storming back to make it one of the best games of all time and they wouldn't have gotten there to begin with without Ernest Beiner, who was uh, the kind of running back who was such a weapon out of the backfield as a pass receiver as well that he fit so well into that office and did everything for them. Kevin Mack was sick in that game, so it was all on Ernest Beiner to basically handle the comeback from the backfield position, and he was glorious. And he had a couple plays that I think would have changed the way that we think about him entirely because I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but Ernest Beiner's fumble... Is the only thing most people know about him. And he, and he went on to win a Super Bowl title with Washington where he was an incredible, he had an incredible season. It was season. great
2: that he had that moment.
3: I'm so glad he did. And, like, you know, I've met him in person. He is a, a genuinely wonderful guy who I think learned and taught other people about failure through that fumble and everything that happened. But I do think had they won that game, um, you know, they went on to – w- w- Denver went on to lose to Washington in a wipeout a couple of weeks later. I think Cleveland could have given them a much better fight. And I was in seventh grade, and it destroyed my world. I was walking around middle school like a ghost for like the next two months.
2: Mm. Sports, they can <laughs> be tough as a fan. I, I've had moments like that myself, and you know exactly where you were uh, when the heartbreak gets you. Uh, the old Barcells quote that he had to walk away when the losing hurt more than the winning felt good. It's kind of like the sports fan experience. Like, even when the great things have happened, um, those crushing losses, they just kind of hang with you a little bit more. All right, this one from Alex Everson. When is Mark's next solo holiday or vacation into a seedy motel? It feels like it has been some time since he has had a non-staycation trip, yet he's still been on the pod. Uh, so this offseason,
3: I've taken a different tack um, I, this, the idea that I'm staying in city motels is, no, is, is we, not accurate. we
2: already clarified right. that they are three and four star even hotels.
3: They are, and they're typically you know dotted around town. I've learned that Los Angeles is about as good of a place on a staycation as I'll go anywhere else. And I, you know, when you have kids and the, the whole thing going on, I'm not going to be going to India for two weeks. Although Greg is in Japan, but he's you know I'm not ta- I'm not going. I mean, there's none of those type of adventures. So I like to do the little two or three day staycations that are dotted in between our shows.
2: And I can't talk about much that occurs on the on these staycations. Just, yeah, he can't say everything, but just understand what you're hearing right now is the soundtrack of a mark. Stay or vacation. I like
3: blasting this one out of the hotel window.
2: Uh, what else? You got one? You got one that you grabbed from the old mailbag?
3: Uh, yes. If you could pick any guest... To join for a podcast and after party, who would you pick and why? And I'm going to say, I'm going to add, um, and I don't, actually, I should research, who t- I, I just copied the question, so I'm sorry if you were the one that, that sent this out, I didn't do that research, but no. it could be a person of history of the past, too. I'm including anyone. Right. Now, they don't have to currently be alive.
2: Okay. Uh, that's an easy one. Napoleon. <laughs> Does he speak English? Uh No. Not a lick. That
3: would go about as well as today's uh, guest appearance went.
2: Yeah. (laughs) How
3: about you? Um, I was thinking about this. Um, This song, uh, which was uh, performed by the Weather Girls. Do we have this, Graver? I think we do. happening here <laughs> uh the weather girls who perform this song i think it's an underrated song i think we could have them come on i like to have musicians on the show at time from time to are time are they all still with us this song came out many many decades right ago. but i already said it doesn't like the, the, oh, they would oh come yeah. back oh, yeah, their, they come no back in their prime yeah. Yeah, you've had napoleon on the show yeah. i mean you will remember the night when i was not able to join you at the cozy for new year's where from my house i had the app where you could play the right. cozy's jukebox and i played this song 19 times in a row
2: right I don't know if it actually went through. I no, don't I remember think, I it playing. No, I think that tech, technology-wise, they, right. they got you, that. Yeah. and they kept the money too. But a great idea. Yeah, it seems unfair. I would, you know, I would like maybe Lil Debbie. You know, I would get. I'd like to maybe get Lil Debbie back on the show. I don't know if that's in the spirit of the question. I would too,
3: because I was telling someone the other week that that was a time that you know I did the, a lot of the legwork to get her on the show, of and then she came in. And I was essentially sort of starstruck and not in my personality for like the first well, 16 and minutes. And she was high a, as a kite. Debbie, so.
2: who's an um, accomplished Bay Area, I believe, um, rapper. And she came on the show a couple times uh, about five years ago or so now. A uh, big Raiders fan. Mark went alone and was, I think you were like in the front row for a Little Debbie concert. Well,
3: there were no seats, but I, I hovered around the room. But
2: yes. And then she came in and uh, when she came in, she had... Um, her and her associates had before the show had um, hot boxed in their boxed car. their car yeah. and then came in and shared some goods with us and, and then we, we had that conversation. I think it'd be cool to check in, check in with her, especially in light of the Devontae Adams acquisition by the Raiders and well you know she's tracking that very very closely. Uh, this from Corbin Dubois. see some people might say Du Bois, and maybe it is, but I'm going to go with Corbin Dubois.
3: Well, you got the Quebec thing right, so uh, I'm going to trust Quebec? you. Quebec?
2: Yeah. Do you know that the Athletic NFL podcast declared there is now a car continuum, which feels a lot like it infringes on the Dalton scale IP. You may have to declare vengeance until you can have Nate Tice and Robert Mays on for some peacemaking. Listen, we're not the police of NFL podcasts. And I I like both these gentlemen a lot. We've had Nate on the show several times, in fact. Um, I don't know the the details of the car continuum. If it's the same of with what the Dalton scale, uh, is about if it is so be it. It wasn't our idea anyway. It was Chris Wessling's idea. So for us to uh, police it, that I don't even think that passes the sniff test. So have fun with your football talk, especially in the off season.
3: Yeah, I don't have a, a huge um, amount of energy right now to add like new grudges to the lineup. I the, some of them that I'm involved in don't even aren't even. Uh, Aware, uh, well, I, I'm not even like enjoying them. They're not oh. they're ne- not necessarily fun. So yeah,
2: keep on, keep it on. Athletic. All right, a couple more from Susanna H. This question: A better fit here versus? Uh, what does a quarterback have to accomplish to pass Tom Brady as the goat? It can't just be Super Bowl rings, right? Say you get three or four rings, but are better in other metrics. What is a hypothetical resume that could compete? With Brady, good question. Let's start here. I think you need that team success. You have to have at least I know Brady has seven, so we're talking the conversation to me starts at five or so right, and then on top of it now, Brady has been a monster statistical producer um that's gonna own every record so I don't I, not to be so obvious about it, but yeah, somebody's got to come along come along play for twenty plus years and combine the greatest statistical uh build up ever with you know a handful of rings and then some i don't know if it's going to happen though i don't see it i think it's
3: longevity with no drop off um and how about this winning super bowls with multiple teams because part of what brady did had he gone to tampa bay and they were a 10 win team the last couple of years fine but You're like right. the idea that he transformed what was a loser franchise into what they are now in one season Kind of, in a lot of people's mind, ended the chicken or egg like Belichick Brady debate to some degree. And I don't understand, number one, quarterbacks cannot control their longevity most of the most 99% the way that Brady has. Whether they want to or not, their bodies start to give up at some point. And Brady's such an outlier on that front that you'd have to play for 20 years. Who's going to do that?
2: Yeah, I would, the only thing I'd push back a little bit there on what you said was that the The Bucks were kind of a a team losers before he got there. He was very smart, and he went to a team that was really well set up, except for they were like hanging on to this Jameis Winston dream, this dying dream that Winston was a true franchise leader and a quarterback. And now, now it gets me mad because I wish I would have said it when we did the Dalton Scale conversation, and Greg was pushing Winston. Up the list as he always seems to do, and isn't it interesting that the the Bucks went from Jameis Winston, Mister Thirty Thirty season, with that really strong roster around him, and they didn't go anywhere, to the next year Brady comes in and they win the whole thing. Um, it, it speaks to both Winston and Brady and the their careers and what they've been able to accomplish or not accomplish. So, yeah, I, I think that that team was a very good team that he made great.
5: Um the defense was really good already. I mean, and they were really good that year and they were really good in the Super Bowl getting all the pressure on Mahomes. So Brady obviously is a huge factor and like is the kind of guy that motivates the rest of the team to play to their best level cuz they know they're super confident in the quarterback, but it was a really good team. Well, no, th- at that
3: time it was it was a good it was a good setup from I sort of more mean the Bucks franchise historically outside of the John Gruden Super Bowl year. It's not if I had to picture a post Patriots jersey that Tom Brady was wearing, the Bucks were not the first team that I thought of. It it was a strange, I thought, match, but it was the right time and he maximized it.
2: Speaking of jerseys, I got one more here, Mark. This is from M. Boucher. Some people will say Butcher. But now I'm just, you know, a this is your new check thing. Here. Like
3: I like that you're um, you're getting playful with the pronunciation.
2: This is a heat check. B O U C H E R. Boucher. I say Boucher. Hit me up, M. Boucher, and tell me if I'm right. What teams need jersey updates the most? Um, speaking of Tom Brady, I think the Patriots, the two teams that kind of spring to mind for me are the Patriots and the Broncos, who both had 1990s reboots, uh, radical reboots, of their uh, classic logos. And if you were a sports fan or came in the age, came of age in the 90s, Like I did, Mark, you came of age in the 80s, but it's just the 1880s, 1880s. So a lot of the 90s sports jerseys aged terribly immediately and eventually were replaced. I think the Flying Elvis for the Patriots is obviously tricky because of Tom Brady. They won six Super Bowls with Pat, uh, with the uh, Flying Elvis jersey. So it'd be really weird to abandon that at this point and go back to uh, Pat Patriot and the Red, although they're going to have a throwback jersey uh, in a game this season. So, but I just think that's a superior look for them. The Broncos have never been all totally on board with uh, their reboot, but now that I think about it, they've won three Super Bowls uh, since '97, and that came immediately after they rebooted out of their original uh, classic orange crush. So they have a similar issue with that. So, you know, one man's opinion. I'm not a big fan of those jerseys, but it's complicated by their success.
3: I would <clears throat> I would add the Carolina Panthers. I am tired of the way they look, and I think
2: they need a reboot. You're saying more pounding in terms of the think tank. For... I would
3: pound that issue.
2: Yeah. You would keep pounding. Yes. It until someone listens.
3: Additional pounding.
2: Additional pounding.
3: <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else, But. How about this? A player that performed, underperformed last year, that you, uh, like money in the bank, you have them rounding back into shape and, and becoming what we think they can become. I'll, I, here's where I'm going with this. Lamar Jackson, coming off an injury-plagued, messy Who's season. This from?
2: Who's this from? Who has this I, question? I, again,
3: did not track the name. I mean, this is, I. I you know... Man.
2: Think how cool it would be if you're long, your favorite show... How about while you answer, I will look for this and come and up with the name? It's uh, obviously presumptuous of me to say that whoever sent that, this is their favorite show. But obviously, it's a podcast they like enough that they sent in the question. And what a thrill it would be for you to say their name.
3: I think you've made the point. I am looking, I am looking right now for... <laughs>
2: I've been bloviating for so long <laughs> that I don't even remember what the question was, Mark. What was it?
3: A player that had underperformed a, lot, a year ago and ah, is, is bound to have a, a rebound season. A big bounce back year. Yes,
2: I like that one. Uh, let's see. Looking at the old, and you got Lamar Jackson. Yep, you got to really
3: wax poetic because I'm cycling through these tweets here. All right, I'll, I'll throw one out there. Allen
2: Robinson. I like that. Completely disappeared in his final season in Chicago. Now that you could, depending how you look at it, you can see that is. Mm. They might have quit on that team a little bit, but hey, that was a rough team to be involved with the final year with Matt Nagy and all the struggles they had and a rookie, Justin Fields, who was feeling his way through things. You know, you had late period Andy Dalton involved. It was just a tough time to be on that offense. But I think fresh start with the Rams, the defending champions, you have in Cooper Cup, a big-time number one receiver who's going to attract a lot of attention. It's possible that Odell Beckham uh, returns to the fold there still. Uh, you have a great quarterback in Matt Stafford, obviously, and a great play caller in Sean McVay. So Allen Robinson with the season that you know puts him back in Pro Bowl consideration. How about that? And I have an update. Okay. That Did tweet... you even hear anything I just said? Be honest.
3: Not a word. Okay, that's fine. Go ahead. The <laughs> it sounded heard. competent, I mean, from a distance. Okay, good. Uh, the tweet came from Alex Smith one, two, five, seven. So either now, one, two, six, it's, seven. Uh,
2: the number could have an incredible amount of meaning to Alex Smith.
3: I think it may, <clears throat> perhaps born in December 1967. Well, now you're being Or, presumptive or again. potentially a Russian bot, because I don't know too many people that do that with, at the end of their tagline numbers.
2: All right. Well, thank you, Alex, for the question. What a thrill it must have been to hear your name. Uh, and so you say, Lamar Jackson. I got Allen Robinson. Oh, you did. I didn't even notice that. I didn't. I wasn't even listening to that part. That's a good answer. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. Good. Let's let's close it up. Let's sign off. Perhaps mom, for the last time. Mom just picked up the phone, <laughs> and you heard. You know when somebody picks up the phone when you're online and the old dial-up days. No bueno.
3: Oh, I, can I tell you one little quick thing that happened to me that caused massive anxiety? Sure. So, remember remember like total phone, which was like three way calling, essentially. Yeah, Uh, this was like seventh eighth grade, and my parents had a bunch of people over, and I was in my room. um, What kind of party was this for the parents? That was like a a dinner party with a bunch of drinking
2: from from eyes wide shut type situation.
3: Well, I I, not that I saw, but I wouldn't put it past them. But like, um, (laughs) I had a friend call up this girl that I liked named Robin Herman. And so my friend, like without her knowing that I was on the line, sure. was oh, doing some, some no. you know groundwork okay. on like this, this Mark Sessler. Do you think that maybe he's someone you would like to like? I'm already hang- feeling secondhand right. anxiety. So in the middle of the, you know, this call in the kitchen, one of the, the ladies that had come over picked up to, you know, to call home to find out what's going on with the sitter, something like that. And all I could hear is, Hey Barb Sessler, Barb Sessler, what what's going on here? It seems oh, like someone's no. on the phone. I'm like, whoa, oh, holy no. sh! So I basically like did I, I everyone hung up? Oh. Like, I think as quick as possible, <laughs> oh, but it was a totally unmasked. And uh, but I did end up going on a few. I went to a dance with her, so it worked out in the end.
2: And you now have two kids together, so
3: that's where my daughter came from. No, it's that's not
2: true. Uh oh, people were curious. This is actually for my submission from the mailbag. A lot of people reaching out and saying. Uh, it was mentioned that Mark had a 24-year-old daughter on our last episode, uh, and that was kind of glossed over. Do you want to get into any specifics there?
3: I don't think that's wise. I think we've okay. said we've said enough.
2: Like Kayvon Thibodeau, sometimes you just gotta say, next question. Smart. Thank you to Kayvon Thibodeau, who uh will be back on the field and ready for training camp. You heard it here first. Please cite us properly in the news Uh, we'll be back on thursday maybe um with another episode um and maybe a guest i don't know we'll see greg is in japan safe journey while he's there see you uh next week buddy but we got one more show to do bud. one at least heed that call
6: welcome to this guy gets it with mark sesler Today's episode, the National Football League's Great Debate. Artificial turf or natural grass? Featuring special guest, Kayvon Thibodeau. And
3: now, your host, Mark Sessler. Thank you for joining us this week. You know, for decades, pro football has been dogged by one burning question that refuses to go away. To nobody's surprise, it is a question of playing surface. 16 NFL teams operate on real grass, the other 16 wage battle on artificial turf. This, of course, raises an ethical question. Is it proper to ask players to perform on artificial surfaces when they could perform their duties on Bermuda grass, Kentucky bluegrass, or even swaths of Deso Grassmaster? Kayvon, where do you come down on this pivotal issue that we must confront?
4: I'm a grass guy. I think I'll always be a grass guy. We are from nature. We come, you know, we are a natural beings. So I think performing everything on grass is just the smartest, safest way to go.
3: Join us next week when we dive deep into the topic of referee outerwear. Is it time for us to rethink how these hardworking officials are dressed in 2022?
4: Calm.